We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode, and it's going to be around this kid. We were the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation, and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This. Hello once again, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Packaday Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things green and gold. My name is Mike Wendland. I'm joined this week by Tyler Grisgore, Gage Bridgeford. As we break down and preview the Packers and the Lions, it is a potential clinching week for the Packers, a chance to clinch a playoff spot, and potentially clinch the division as well. And guys, we've made it to... We made it to week 13. We've, we're well through the season. Packers are fairly healthy, knock on every piece of wood imaginable. And it's looking like it could be a, a continuing of a magical season for the Packers. <laughs> it absolutely does look like it could be a magical season for the Packers. And I saw some people draw cor- uh, correlations to their 2010-2011 season where they had injuries just pile up towards the end of the year and then were able to make that playoff run. We all saw them uh, go from the sixth seed to, you know, obviously winning the Super Bowl that year. So it was a great year for them, but um, they're going to be a little bit more highly regarded this year as they compete for a one seed currently, and they have a legitimate chance to do so if uh, New Orleans trips up uh, even once. So uh, that's why these head-to-head matchups are so important. And, uh, yeah, it's a big week for Green Bay. It just just win. Just just win, and I, I say don't worry about anybody else. Uh, but if, if Minnesota loses to Tampa, they win the they win the North if they, if they beat Detroit today. Yeah, uh, and also, Mike, you said week 13. This is week 14. That is that is how far we are in. That is how fast this season is going. Is just every time you blink, it's like thing. I know Tyler and I doing our rankings for Game on Wisconsin. It seems like every t- like it was Tuesday. I was like, hey, my rankings are done. Tyler's like, I completely forgot. I haven't even done mine yet. So, uh, but yeah, this this season's going flying by. I love watching this Green Bay team because although they do give me heart problems because they make every game way too close. It's just a lot of fun to see guys really enjoying playing for each other. Uh, there's there's never an instant of like someone being like everyone's happy for each other. You got MBS, D, uh, Devontae, Bakhtiari, Rodgers all sprinting down the field on that Aaron Jones touchdown last week. 
and everyone's legitimately happy for each other to be successful, and that's just, I think that the best teams always have that. And you're absolutely right. I mean, when you look at, you talk about like that play, I mean, you read the story of Devonta Adams buying the entire roster Jordans this past week for, for his guys. I mean, Corey Lindsley also man of the year nominee. Like there's, there's so much camaraderie and unity among this team that we haven't seen, you know, in in a while until Matt Lafleur got hired. The team had been fracturing before, and and we look at how they are now. When you have obviously like guys like Zadarius Smith, who has become a leader, guys like David Bakhtiari, obviously Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, kind of taking one of those, some of those roles as well. That this is one of the more unified Packers teams I can remember since 2010, and that to me bodes pretty well. And when with Detroit coming up. Engage, you said you these games give you hard problems. This one probably more of the same because Detroit is always one of those teams that, no matter how good or bad they are, they will they always play the Packers tough. And obviously they're playing for Daryl Bevel. Uh, he's he's going to be looking to maybe put his name in the running to become the next head coach of the Lions. Uh, Matt Stafford potentially winding up his Lions career. There's a lot of storylines for Detroit, but also again like you talk about clinching week for the Packers potentially. And there's when you look at this game a three twenty or three twenty five Central Time start. We could know a lot about what, where the playoff race stands by the time that game kicks off. We absolutely could, and you talk about the unifying aspect of this Packers team, and you're 100% right. You know, when, when Matt LaFleur took over last year, so leading into the 2019 season, there was an obvious shift in, in environment with this team and the attitude, and it has just continued to build up until this point. And, you know, there's there's little videos that come out from like NFL films and such of the interactions on the sidelines. Just they're just all comfortable with each other. Everybody, <laughs> ELE. Everybody loves everybody. It's been it's been a really pleasant experience just to watch this team continue to grow together. And I I firmly believe that you know when we look back at moves like the Josh Sitton one a couple years ago, it, the Packers have always proven that they value the culture and the attitude that is that is necessary to win. And I think you have guys like Aaron Rodgers who maybe fly a little bit under the radar as a leader. Who, who are really pushing that front, and you bring in a charismatic guy like a Darius Smith going into last year, Preston Smith, they become instant friends, Jair Alexander, that, that's another injection of swagger, and, and this team is just becoming a, a an incredibly cohesive unit on both sides of the ball. Hopefully the special teams can start to pick up the slack there and, and really kind of you know start to fill the holes that they were leaving open. Obviously, uh, Jalen Rager with the touchdown punt for the punt return last year, or last week, I'm all over the place right now, but... Overall, you know, the the phases are coming together for this team to really start to put it together when it matters most. Yeah, I feel like every single week that we're watching this team, this team just all it seems it seems better than last year. It seemed like like I like I say that they had these close games that give me heart problems, but I feel like they're that's because they're letting teams in games late more than they're like having to storm back. Like obviously there was the indie meltdown that they should have won, but for the most part Outside of like a punt return here for a touchdown there, whatever, they're I feel like they're blowing teams out and they're just letting people hang around late. And if J.K. Scott in the punting game can really get things ironed out, whether that's just a matter of him instead of trying to punt for distance all the time, just punting for hang time and just taking what you get. Oh, well, it was a shorter punt, but he didn't get to return it. That's okay because I think that the because if for whatever reason there's not a ton of out-of-bounds punting for this team. Like, there's not nothing, like, near the sideline to really try and pin a returner in that way. But just this team, like you said, Tyler, this team is really gelled together quickly. Jair Alexander brings a different level of swagger, and whenever he's involved in the game and allowed to make plays and just kind of run and, and do his own thing, see the rest of the defense feed on that. Uh, when, he, when any of them make a play, there's obviously the entire team leaves the, the bench and goes and celebrates in the end zone. And... That, that just shows all these guys are out there fighting for each other, and you don't see that on the worst teams. Like we, I know we've all seen the, the Cincinnati picture from last week where the whole team is starting a fight, but then the offensive line sitting on the bench. It's like just like they are all year, not protecting anybody. You're not going to see that on this Green Bay team. Like It doesn't matter. Like If something small happens, they're all going to bat for each other, and that's, that's what I think is going to really help carry this team up against the best squads when uh, we get to January. Both have to be right, and, and part of that kind of signifies that is that they have all their guys healthy, and so they're all or as many, most of them as you would think. And going forward, it looks like they're going to be have their guys to to be out there, and whether it's a guy like Lucas Patrick who's kind of an enforcer on that offensive line, 
or someone like Jair Alexander who's not afraid to mix up a little bit. The Packers being healthy, being out there, and being like you talk about being that unified team, offense, defense, special teams, they are still a unit, even if one is struggling, the other two are looking to pick it up. And and that includes guys that they're signing to the active roster now, like Henry Black got signed to the 53 this week. Dominique Daphne is getting signed as we're recording this on Saturday. They're, they're adding guys who have been on the practice squad, now up with the active roster, and those guys aren't missing a beat. They're filling in. They're fitting into the team really well early on. They're, they're getting time right away. And hopefully they'll be able to be effective, especially those two guys on the special teams unit, because the Packers are going to be without Jay Sternberger. They, there's questions now with Equinemius St. Brown and Malik Taylor as far as how, whether they'll be able to play. Uh, Equinemius was, though, full participation on Friday. So it looks like he will probably be good to go. Malik Taylor got added late. Uh, Darnell Sack and uh, outside of Jay Sternberger, just Simon Spaniak, the rookie uh, guard from Indiana who has just got off the the NFI list because of his knee injury from college. You know he wasn't going to be ready yet anyway. Look at Detroit, on the other hand. Their list is huge. They have, I think, seven guys questionable, three guys out, and all three of them are starters, including Kenny Galladay, who is now just having a lost season. And you look at the way this team is built, having those guys out there is only going to help them continue to gel in this December as they get ready for that January playoff run. Absolutely, and I think that this is an important topic of conversation because these two teams are stark differences in, in, in that in that way of looking at things. These two teams can, couldn't be more different. And you know, the we talked about under the McCarthy uh, under, under McCarthy during the McCarthy era, there was definitely a divide amongst this team sometimes, and so it really kind of affected their ability to win some of these games that they should be winning. Like this is a game that the Packers need to be winning. This is a game if they want to be a serious contenders in January that they need to be winning. Um, this is a big moment. It's a big week. They need to they need to win to not only clinch a playoff spot, but then if they win and the Vikings lose, they clinch the NFC North. There's a lot of stake this week, uh, and so you know you'd rather not kick the can down the road, for lack of a better uh, better phrase there. It, this, there's a great opportunity for the Packers to really take that step forward and really, truly begin preparing for January. Uh, no Kenny Galladay is huge. Uh, he's typically typically been really good against the Packers. So has Marvin Jones. Uh, I, I think Kenny Galladay is done as a lion. I think that that's why he's not playing. I think it's a personal choice for him. Uh, and then Tyrell Crosby, you're starting right tackle for the Lions. Uh, so there's another area that you can exploit with this defense. And we've talked about it the last couple weeks. The defense has been presented with games where they need to perform. The Bears, the, the Eagles, both offenses that have not been really that good. The Lions offense has still been producing at, at a reasonable rate, and Matt Stafford is still a good quarterback in this NFL. But this is a game where you need to come out and once again prove that you are that you can be a dominant unit, that you can dominate the line of scrimmage, that you can really force these veteran quarterbacks now to make mistakes uh, and really capitalize on them. I was I was hoping that they could do that a couple more times against the Eagles, uh, but they they ultimately were able to get the win, uh, and so you're not going to really complain that much. But the the defense has another opportunity to really show what it can do here against the Lions. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world, with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Term and conditions apply. Yeah, because with Matthew Stafford, he's obviously not the most mobile quarterback, so you really need to take advantage of that right tackle mismatch because as we kind of talked about before we got on here, the current backup right tackle for the Detroit Lions, it's not listed. They don't have anybody on there. 
Uh, it's either going to be they're going to kick out their left guard, they're going to have a swing tackle and Matt Nelson come over. I'm not sure who they're going to put in that spot. Bottom line, it's going to be a downgrade, and the Packers' pass rush has really started to click as of late. Zadarius Smith has been finding his role. He's been he's not putting up the gaudy numbers he was last year, but he's still putting up consistent production. Uh, Rashawn Gary has really come on. He uh, his combination of uh, speed and strength are just a difficult task for good tackles to have to handle, let alone uh, backup tackles that he'll be facing this week. Uh, Preston Smith, if we can get him one-on-one with the backup right tackle, maybe he can get himself rolling a little bit more. So I really think that they need to exploit that area. And in terms of the, like Marvin Jones, like we said, he's been a Packer killer in the past. There's He's put up, seems like every single time we play against Detroit, he puts up at least one big play because he just gets running wide open somehow or he catches some fluke ball and then there's no one there to uh, cover him. That can't happen this week. Marvin Jones is the only receiver you really need to be afraid of. Yes, they have Danny Amendola. Yes, they have Muhammad Sanu. Those guys don't scare you. The only one you need to worry about is Marvin Jones. Yeah, I'm not really worried about TJ Hawkinson because Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage, as long as he plays, are playing really good ball right now. Um, So so I think that Marvin Jones is the the key because is DeAndre Swift, is he playing? Like, do we know for sure? He was a full full practice on Friday. Uh, Everything points to him playing, but everything pointed to him playing last week as well, and he was a late scratch. Uh, Well, not a late scratch, but he, you know, everything pointed to him playing, and then he was a scratch anyway, so surprise scratch, I guess you could say. And then uh, this week he's also trending towards playing, but he was a full practice on Friday. That was a really weird thing, too. Like, he got activated off the COVID list. We weren't hearing anything good about it, and then all of a sudden he's just, they're like, yep, he's out with an illness. Wasn't COVID, just was out with an illness. So, um, do you, you said earlier that you think Kenny Galladay's done in a Lions uniform. Do you think he's done in a Lions uniform this year, or do you think that he's just being smart? Yeah, I think he's playing it close to the chest, and I think that he's going to be a free agent. I don't think he plans to resign in Detroit. Why would he? It makes no sense. I don't think they're going to want to pay him. I think that the Lions should just, are just going to cut their losses here, let him walk in free agency, recoup the uh, the draft compensation, and you know we'll see where Kenny Galladay lands. But I think he can go somewhere and be a true number one. He might, from a fantasy football perspective, thinking about this, he can go somewhere next year and really be productive and impactful because uh, I, I don't think he's ever had this much of an injury problem. I think there's plenty of opportunities for him to come back. Uh, I don't obviously don't know the situation close enough, but just my kind of take on it, that's just what I think is happening here. Fair enough. I just I think the one I've been hearing a lot is uh, him going to the Giants because he gives them a like true possession receiver that they don't have. Like Slate's a big guy. Shepard's kind of that intermediate or like that short to intermediate range guy, and then Kenny would give them a true like alpha wide receiver on the outside. I just don't know if they're going to want to pay him what he's probably going to want. But yeah, I think Green Bay should win this game easily on the defensive side of the ball. I don't think that there should be any problems there. Yeah, I mean, as long as they. I think, well, I mean, you guys start with Marvin Jones. I think if, if it starts with them stopping, if Swift plays him and Adrian Peterson. Like, we've, we've seen the Packers struggles with, with, with good, strong running backs. Swift's gotten better and better every week. Adrian Peterson turned back the clock a couple weeks ago for, for a game. If they can stop that and make Stafford have to throw the ball 40, 45 times, I think that it's going to look, it's going to go well. But it's all going to start with, stopping Detroit, especially on that fast track in Detroit. Like, there's there's a lot of things to look at as far as the, the defensive side. And and and, and Mike Penn's got to not channel his inner Greg Williams and call zero blitz. But they, I think, I agree with you guys, I think they should win this game easily, but Detroit is never an easy game. I mean, look at last year. They never led in either of the two games last year until Mason Crosby hit two walk-offs. And Detroit's one of those annoying teams that always hangs around. And... I'm not going to put anything for granted until we see that clock hit zero on Sunday afternoon. Absolutely not. And, you know, I want to touch on the defense just a little bit more, going up against Matt Stafford and DeAndre Swift, TJ Hawkinson, Marvin Jones. Those are going to be the the big names we're going to look at uh, on Sunday. And, well, today, if you're listening to this, it always messes me up when we record on Saturday. But the the point is those are the the big names you're going to be looking at. And, you know, Darnell Savage has really started to kind of come along uh, into a – role that best fits him and you know Mike Patton deserves some credit for that finally putting him in a spot where he he fits best and that's really in that robber single high role uh, Adrian Amos is being used in effective ways I want to I want to start to see him use Jair Alexander in that way now and this is a perfect opportunity in this game with the lack of talent at wide receiver I think you have Danny Amendola is probably the the next biggest threat there 
I want to see them use Jair Alexander as a weapon in this game. Uh, he, he's been really awesome, uh, obviously, in one-on-one man coverage. The, the game against the Eagles led them to call the most man coverage that they've called in a single game this year. So I want to see them continue that trend. You know, use the use the strengths of what your defense has been built on, which is the pass rush and the corners. Uh, make it easier for the linebackers to make plays. I think that the linebackers started to make plays last week. Kamal Martin had a nice, really nice play where he shot the gap. He's a little hesitant still, but he's still able to shoot the gap. Uh, and, and you know, Matt Lafleur, Matt Lafleur touched on him as well as a guy who plays really fast and instinctual, but also a guy who needs to slow down at times. And I think that there's a lot of that on this defense. Uh, Kevin King, I think, really has coming to his own this year. Uh, he's, You know, we're going to talk about the injury with Kevin King, but I, I full-heartedly think that he deserves to get a big contract this offseason. I think that he's really shown that he can be really talented. I think that he's also shown that he can be one of your better corners on your team. And so I think that these two guys, Jerry Alexander uh, and Kevin King, with the combination of Shannon Sullivan, there's absolutely no reason why they can't lock down this, this Lions wide receiver group or the receiver group, period, and really, really have an impact in this game. And I want to see Mike Patton continue to build on the things that he did last week and against the Bears because he's starting to, he's starting to, it feels like, listen to the media who's been clamoring for him to do these things all year long. And I'm not, I know he's not, I know he doesn't care about the media, but that's just really what it seems like. So the things that he's been not doing all year long that people wanted him to do, he's finally starting to do those things, and the defense is really starting to come into its own. Yeah, it's magical what happens when you put man cover corners in man coverage. It's just, it's an absolute bananas thing. Like you said, we've been clamoring for it all year for them to just play man coverage. That's what Jair and Kevin King are built to do. They're not built to play zone coverage. They're built to go up, be physical at the line of scrimmage. Like, Kevin King's built to use his size. Jair's, built, Jair's just a pit bull that is pissed off at everybody and wants to make sure everyone knows he's on the field and he's going to go make plays. Like you said, you want Jair Alexander to be used as a weapon in this game. I think he can be used as a weapon to just eliminate a player off the field at any time. We all, we've all we talked about it. If, if Mike Pettin can literally say, hey, Jair, I want you to make sure Marvin Jones doesn't catch a ball today. Jair is good enough to do that. And... The guy I really want them to see, like to use as a weapon is Darnell Savage. I want them to use him in the way that Buda Baker has been getting used in Arizona. Buda Baker has really, really come along strong this year. That's been the that's been the like obviously he got paid and everyone was like, why are you paying him? And then a week later he was making play after play after play against the against the Seattle Seahawks and everyone's like, oh that's that's why you're paying him big money. Darnell Savage isn't the same athlete that Buda Baker is, but he's a pretty damn good athlete. We've seen him make great plays. He's already matched. Has he already exceeded his interception total from last season in two games? Is that what it was? Uh, who is like, this? Darnell Savage? Darnell Savage, yeah. Yes. He has three picks well, now, and he only had two all of last season, correct? I believe so, yes. Yeah, because he had two in the Bears game, one in Mike is better Philly. Let him confirm. <laughs> Mike! Yeah, I'm, I'm almost certain, because yeah, I think he, I, he only had one or two last year. And yeah, he had the obviously two in Chicago. He had the big one last week. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're putting him like you said. They're putting him in, the, in that robber spot to be able to make more plays near the line of scrimmage. And he's so athletic, and and his instincts are strong enough that he he makes those plays. And and like Tyler said, Mike Pence finally putting him in the right spot and putting Adrian Amos in the right spot to balance things out as well. Like the way that Jerry Gray and Pettin are working with the secondary has been great the past month, and they need to keep that up. There's no other way around it. Now it's up to the middle linebackers of the defensive line to continue their end of the bargain. And with games like Detroit, like we saw with Philly and Chicago Cup uh, in the past, now Detroit coming up, this is the chance for them to finally get this right and get this defense the momentum they need to make a playoff run. Because we, we talked about the 2010 team earlier. That defense got hot late, and they were great in that playoff run. They need to do that again in 2020 to have a chance at championship number 14. And this defense is far more talented, in my opinion, than that group was. There were some really talented players in that defense. Uh, obviously, you had Charles Woodson, Clay Matthews. But I think as a whole, the starting Nick 11 Collins. plays, starting Nick Collins, starting 11 players, I think it's more talented. I, I think that you you go across the defensive front, you have three bona fide, you have two really good ones, and then you have two good ones, and Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, Zadarius, and Kenny Clark obviously being very good to borderline elite. And then, you know, the linebackers obviously leave more to be desired, but you at least have a veteran presence there with some athleticism. And then the secondary, this secondary is far better than that secondary was as a whole. I mean, you had Nick Collins and Charles Woodson booing that secondary for the Packers. This year, you've got two good corners, you've got at least one good veteran safety, and you've got another guy who can 
make an impact on any given play. You know, that's he's not obviously not on Nick Collins level, and I don't know if he ever will get there, but that's what Nick Collins did for that group. He was just the impact guy that was rather quiet most of the game, but then would make the big play when you needed it. And I think Darnell Savage can be that guy for this Packers defense in, in, in a way. So I'm really excited to see how this defense continues to grow because they, they've clearly shown progression throughout the year. Rayshon Gary uh, has really shown a lot of progression from, from week one to now. We talked about, I think, about two months ago. I was like, man, he's doing well. You can see the improvement from year one to year two, but he's still missing some things. Well, those things that I talked about, i.e. him not always running – uh, not always performing a speed rush, uh, him not always running upfield, him him making making sure he's using a little bit more counter moves in his pass rush. He is starting to work those into his game in season. Uh, I'm really excited for what he can do down the stretch because if he can make a couple big plays, he's really going to make a name for himself as a guy that can make a huge jump next year uh, from, from year two to year three. So uh, I'm really excited for this group as a whole as we get as they seem to get more comfortable with each other. Mike Patton seems to get more comfortable with what he's doing. Uh, it really seems like it could be uh, rolling uphill finally uh, and for this Packers defense. And, and like you said, continue to build that momentum into January. Before we move on, just turning back the clock here a little bit, do you guys know the like second and third edge rushers off of that Super Bowl team? So Clay Matthews is the one, obviously. Zombo. Zombo, Zombo was so he was Zombo was the starter up until like the Super Bowl. What? Because Walden, Eric Walden, Walden yeah. ended up yeah, yeah he ended up being the other starter. Like he started for the Super Bowl, but he wasn't the starter the majority of the year. Charlie Pepper at strong safety. Oof, yeah. Yeah, Desmond Bishop and AJ Hawk in the middle. The front line was really good. You had Pickett, Jenkins, and Raji. I just I wanted to go and turn back the clock a little bit and just see who was on that roster. And I agree that I think that the defense now is more talented than it was then. I would like more. I would like that defensive line more. But I think at the the other two levels, I would probably take what we have now over then. Just because I like the corners that we have more. Like, I love Charles Woodson, but I just think that the corners we have now, it's a deeper group than it was then. And the safeties, Charlie Pepper wasn't a starting safety, and yet he was for a Super Bowl team. Yeah, I mean, Morgan Burnett had gotten hurt. Nick Burnett had gotten hurt. And he, he also had a rookie, Sam Shields, and, and uh, Tremont came into his own that year as well. That secondary was 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 pretty strong as well. I and mean, obviously Nick Collins at his prime. But either way, just and remember, Dom Capers coaching it up. So like, it's... The, these maligned coordinators can still every so often pull something out, and I think Petten can do that as long as he keeps putting guys in the right spot to succeed. But we've talked a lot about the defense. Let's kind of take a look toward the Packers' offense. Uh, I mean, obviously high-scoring offense in football right now. Everything is rolling. Obviously, Devontae Adams putting up legendary numbers. Lazard having a, a great uh, job since he's come back. MVS still the enigma. But the big thing for, I want to talk about a little bit is without Tyler Irvin now on injury reserve, this could be it. This is the game for Tavon Austin to make his debut on, on turf inside. Maybe having that extra fast track inside Detroit. Maybe they do a little bit of stuff with him. Uh, what do you guys think about this? You remember that Sean McVay video when they when they acquired uh, when they acquired Tavon, not Tavon Austin, Brandon Cooks, and uh, he was like, "Wow, he's fast." That's how I imagine Matt Lafleur looks at. Tavon Austin. I imagine he sees him as just this guy who can really open some things up for this for this Packers offense more so than they already have. Uh, and so I think this is an opportunity. If the Packers are able to get ahead early, why not see what you have in some of these guys? I think that they need to start getting AJ Dillon some more touches. Uh, they need to start getting some of these younger younger wide receivers some more opportunities to make plays. Uh, Robert Tanyan obviously has come into his own this year, and I was hoping this, this you know, if Jay Sternberger were able to play, then this would be a great opportunity for him as well to continue to develop the way he has. And really, the Packers, I would like to see them start experimenting a little bit more these last few weeks because I think they figured out, hey, this is the formula that works. Why not see what else can work? And I think Tavon Austin could be a big part of that. You know, it's crazy. You say, like, you talk about how fast Tavon Austin is. And then you go and look and see, like, so Tavon Austin ran a four three four forty, and MVS, who is much bigger by comparison, ran a four three seven. So they were right, but the shifting they're, they're, they're very they're very yeah. different. They're very, very different now. players, and their speed is very different. It's just it's funny, like how they're that like they're dramatically different looking players, and they use their speed in dramatically different ways. Obviously, Austin's more of the shifty guy, which is why I think he's perfect to fill that. Tyler Urban role, we're going to see all of the motion that we're, like, this is going to be, like, obviously we missed Urban earlier in the year, and we didn't really have a fill-in. We had 
Aaron Jones kind of filling that role. We had Devontae Adams, some of the receivers doing it. Now you have a guy that you can just say, hey, Tavon, here's what you're going to do. Go watch all of the films from Tyler Irvin this year, and you're going to just play his role. That's going to be your job this week. Also, you're going to have to do special teams and make it to where we don't have to like have Ronza flashbacks. Oh, I have Ronza flashbacks. Thanks for that. You're welcome. Every time that there's a special teams blunder, I tweet hashtag fire Ronzuk. I mean, yeah, that's low-hanging fruit, but you're right. Um, I just want the pop pass. I want Tavon also to score in like a five-yard little shovel pass, and so we can we can finally say Rodgers do a first-round wide receiver for a touchdown and laugh at everyone else who d- ignores second-round picks and how good they can be. But when you look at the rest of this this offense, I mean, I would like to see A.J. Dillon get some more touches as well. Obviously, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams are both playing great and what else can we say about this offensive line? I mean, Billy Turner has been great. Ricky Wagner stepped in and did a pretty good job. Elton Jenkins is arguably an MVP candidate on this team for how well he's done. And we know what David Bakhtari and Lucas Patrick can do. Like, this this offensive line is elite. Detroit's pass rush really isn't from what I've been able to watch and see. I mean, Trey Flowers is still talking about how he wishes Matt Patricia was still a coach. So there's something there that's... We'll see, but I don't see anything stopping this Packers offense right now. I, I don't mean, have much to add you. there. Yeah, I don't have much to add there because, I mean, it's been proven week in and week out. We're now entering week 14, and as you said, they are the most efficient. They are the highest scoring. They are the best offense in the NFL currently, and there's, you know, Aaron Rodgers is obviously a huge reason for that, but Matt LaFleur is the other big reason of that. Devonta Adams is probably the third biggest reason for it, and the, these guys, the three of them with Aaron Jones, you know, They've cooked up quite a scheme here. The, the Getting Aaron Jones involved in the offense, getting the running game established, Matt LaFleur has done a fantastic job of really creating that illusion of complexity that he talked about so much when he took over the job. Really, they're not doing anything special. But the defense has to think about ten different things on every given, on any given play, and that's really what he was trying to get at uh, when he was installing this offense. And it, it, took a, it took more than a year, which we anticipated, but we're starting to really see the offense in full swing. And uh, it's going to be really interesting to watch this when the playoffs arrive and you get some of these better defensive coordinators, more experienced teams, teams that have you know won more often. Uh, and I'm not saying the Packers can't beat them, but it's definitely going to be a challenge because it's going to be something that Matt LaFleur really doesn't have a ton of experience in. They're playing some good teams, and they've beaten some good teams, but the playoffs are a different beast. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You could get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. I think that the difference between like this Green Bay offense and then say, I'm going to go with Kansas City because obviously that is the, the standard that everyone compares every team to. This Green Bay offense gets everything easily because of scheme versus, like it doesn't matter who they plug in there. Even when Devontae was out, they were still finding ways to get guys open and make plays for people. Versus Kansas City, you have Travis Kelsey, who is might be the most mismatched player in football. Like I love Devontae Adams, and I think that and there's no one that can cover him one on one. But Travis Kelsey just seems to. It doesn't matter what happens. That's Mahomes' guy that he can just go to to make a play. Tyreek Hill can just outrun everybody. Green Bay doesn't necessarily have one of those guys, but they also it, it they don't need that because. Matt LaFleur will just say, okay, so we're going to call this play, and then this guy's going to be open two seconds in, so offensive line, you got to hold for one and a half, so Rodgers got time to get the ball out, and then a guy's going to have a free 20-yard game. And it just seems like they do that every single week. It doesn't matter what the defense does. Outside of the Tampa game, this defense is, or this offense has just been humming all year long, and even we've talked at ad nauseum that that game was a fluke more than anything else. They just, LaFleur gets everybody open, and Rodgers is perfectly in sync with them, and they're always getting their guys set up in the perfect spot to be successful. Exactly, and and we, we obviously talk about those guys, and then, of course, you have that right now their biggest play threat, which is Big Bob Tunyon. I mean, you look at the that throwback post they did that that was so reminiscent of what Kittle did to him last year. Like, obviously, you can, you can tell the work that 
Bob has done with Kittle in the offseason is starting to pay off with how he runs his routes, how he's able to get open. And we heard all during training camp about how he was stepping up. And I know uh, the Athletics Matt Scheinman really kind of touched on that throughout all of training camp about how he had taken over that number one tight end spot. He's now a borderline Pro Bowl or potentially all pro second team guy tight end with how he's playing right now. And having that extra weapon, having that other big weapon, it is, makes his offense even that much more dangerous. I mean, they haven't had a tight end like this since Finley that's played this well. And if, if he keeps this up, you add in Devontae, you add in the deep threat of MVS, you add in Aaron Jones in space, if Taven Austin can step in and make some plays, this offense is not maybe not quite Kansas City, but they're pretty much unstoppable. No, and, you know, we talk about Tanya, and the impressive thing with him is the off-script plays. Like, his touchdowns, for the most part, are not on script. They're not scripted plays. They're not called plays. I don't ever believe he's the intended target, you know, and, and I don't even believe he's the intended target on most of these plays. But if you watch the replays, it's just him being able to find the open space, and that's what makes him so productive and effective and efficient uh, in that role. So I think he has a really good connection with Rodgers in that way. Uh, you know, you saw you – saw, that type of connection with guys like Randall Cobb, Jordy Nelson, those types of guys who were able to just find the open space and be on a different wavelength with Aaron Rodgers and really able to make impactful plays off, off script, which is exactly what Aaron Rodgers has been doing. Uh, even So this offense is working in two phases. It's working, it's working on script and it's being successful. It's working off script and it's being successful. A large part of that is the offensive line. A large part of that is Aaron Rodgers. Uh, it's, just, it's been fun to watch all around. I don't know if there's a big knock for the offense at this point in the season other than get A.J. Dillon more involved? I, I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, they, they've just been really good all around. I think the only one I could knock would be, like, the only knock you could really put on the offense would be the, I don't want to say lack of a killer instinct because we've seen Rodgers willing to go to that deep ball, like, frequently. We saw it last week with that insane pass to Devontae Adams. We've seen it to the MB, like the MBS ball in the Colts game. He's willing to make those. But I want to. But this this offense, like the one gripe I can have is they're not going out and running up the score. I don't see them doing what the Patriots did when they were on the war path and they dropped, I think, like fifty plus points against the Washington Redskins in a game that they had. Washington was never going to win. It was understood Washington was going to get blown out, and that's exactly what happened. But there was never a there was never a doubt about it. Green Bay doesn't do that. They get up to a lead. And then they chill for two quarters, and then they go home. I understand maybe they don't want to get injured or this reason or that reason, but I just want to. I just sit here and I, I, if I have to gripe about one thing, it's I want the offense to just shut it down. I want them to leave no doubt. We're the best team in the game. There's no, there's no doubts about it. We can punch with everybody else. Everybody already thinks they're good, but they're looked at similar to. The Pittsburgh Steelers in that, oh, they're a fake 9-3 team. The same thing happened last year. Green Bay, everyone's like, oh, Green Bay's the worst 13-3 and team of all time. They're fake 13-3. and Go out and leave no doubt. This is a game that they can do that. Earlier this year when they won 42-21 to over, over Detroit, everyone was like, eh, yeah, but they started out slow and they just had to get hot. Go out and leave no doubt. That's what we could do here. Before we uh, get to some predictions, uh, Tyler's dropping some news in. Uh, Everson Griffin is heading to IR, uh, Jeffrey Akuda is having season-ending surgery, and A.J. Dillon has been activated. Mike, what do you got to say about that stuff? Yeah, this, I, I'm on, I'm just on Twitter, uh, Dave Burkett, who's the, the line be for the Detroit Free Press, uh, he said, he sent it out that Everson Griffin's on the reserve COVID list, uh, Okuda's having season-ending surgery, so yeah, those two guys, are, they'll be out, they called up some practice squad guys, uh, Dan Skipper, Curry Martin, and Baby Price, to replace Griffin on the 53. So that's that, those are two big blows for that for the Detroit defense. I mean, Okuda ha, had been having a great rookie year, but he was still a number three pick for a reason. The talent's there. Like, that's a solid, solid he's, still a, he's still a good talent. Uh, Everson Griffin, I mean, he definitely was not the player you'd expect coming over from Minnesota and then Dallas, obviously, as well. Uh, A.J. Dillon was activated, uh, I think, yesterday from the COVID list. He practiced all week. He's good to go. Uh, Jawan Winfrey, Ben Braden are also now to the game day roster. They they were the practice squad uh, additions, and Isaac Nauta, the uh, tight end, got signed to the practice squad. So there's a lot of roster shuffling going on at the bottom of the roster for both teams. But obviously, the big news for Detroit: Griffin and Okuda will not be out there for sure. I mean, Okuda had been ruled out, but Everson Griffin now to the reserve COVID list. 
Uh, and Jawan Winfrey, the receiver, uh, second game will be up on the active roster for the Packers. Ben Braden, backup offensive lineman, he'll be special teams uh, kick uh, extra point, maybe some pump protection stuff for him. Winfrey, I wonder what the role is going to be and what that uh, signifies for Malik Taylor. Because obviously Taylor added the injury reports late on Friday with a hamstring. Uh, if Winfrey's being called up, they maybe they're not as confident that either Taylor or EQ or both are not going to be out there. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on. Uh, the way I look at this is there's absolutely no reason to rush these guys back. Let them take their time and get healthy because this is, while, yes, they just we just ranted about how this is a basically a quote-unquote must-win game, uh, The they don't have to play their every single best player to win this game. So I, I think that they can afford to let a guy like Malik Taylor or Equinemia St. Brown rest up if they need to so that they are back at full strength as for the home stretch. I wish that they would get EQ involved more. I know that that's not what we're directly talking about here, but hearing you bring him up, I wish that he would just get involved in the offense more somehow. But then, but like if like the offense is working, so it's like where do you, okay where do you find a way to involve him in the offense it, when it is being so successful as the way you're doing it? I agree though. Uh, letting those two guys rest uh, down the stretch here is the best, probably the best way to handle it. Like. Because these games don't matter as much as the ones in January and then hopefully February. Obviously, we we need those guys to be healthy. Malik Taylor's been uh, Malik Taylor and EQ have been the the guys that you don't count on for production, but they can be counted on to produce. Malik Taylor, I feel like at least once a game right now is having a critical conversion where he's running wide open on one side of the formation because LaFleur schemes something up for him. EQ showed some pop, and it, I you can just see the athleticism. He wants to make plays. Like I feel like he's every single week he's trying to hop over somebody or he's trying to just or he's trying to race and use all of his speed so much. So I think so. I agree that they need to be rested, but I think when they get back, I would really like to see EQ involved a little bit more because I think he's got the athleticism to really bring an additional role to this offense. Absolutely. And so now let's kind of just kind of take a look at some of the numbers involved. I mean, you have the Packers eight and a half point favorites right now, from what I can find on ESPN, fifty four and a half over under. I, I mean, that's a lot of that's a lot of points, but I I think Green Bay's offense good enough to win this game by double digits without too much of a threat. What do you guys think? That line has actually moved. Yeah, it since, has. Since Tyler and I talked about it a couple of days ago, it was 7.5 on uh, thir- on Thursday, and so it's now moved a full point uh, in Green Bay's favor. So that just means that there's a lot of sharp money on uh, Green Bay to cover the 7.5. I agree, though. I think Green Bay can win this game handily. They did earlier this year, and I think that Detroit has definitely gotten worse since then. Yeah, I agree. I don't. I think this Detroit team is in shambles uh, all around, in many places, uh, throughout the uh, throughout the organizational tree. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty. I don't think there's a lot of uh, motivation for this Lions team, um, other than playing the Packers, which might there might be their pure motivation this week. I don't think there's a ton, and so uh, I think the Packers can cover eight and a half. And I think that the I think the under hits because I just think that this Lions team is so beaten down right now. I just don't know if they're going to be able to do much on offense. Uh, but I do think that the under hits and the Packers win this game pretty easily. Absolutely. And you talk, we talked about earlier the news with like with the Roger moves. Isaac Nauda, the tight end, was a Detroit draft pick too a couple of years ago. He was yeah, he was. 6'3", <laughs> had three catches in 13 games for Detroit. Yeah, he's a blocking guy. So it'll be interesting that, to see. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how Green Bay tries to uh, add him into their offensive plan. But, um, but yeah, so he'll be, if you see him get elevated, it's probably gonna be a day where they're gonna run the football a lot. <laughs> yeah, he was, a, he had a less than spectacular combine, uh, to put it lightly. He, uh, his athletics, his athletics don't really match up with what they look for typically. So as Tyler said, he's a blocking tight end. So if they do bring him up, maybe for the Tennessee game and they really want to try and grind out the clock and keep Derrick Henry on the sideline, that could be a possibility. They just say, you know what, we're going to go ahead and trot out Mercedes and Nada and just try and bully everybody on the other side of the ball. So you're saying there's now a pup with the big dog? Wow. Yeah. Oh, I'll see. I'll see myself out. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Okay. So as we as we've been going on for a while, so let's kind of start wrapping things up here. Gage, I'll go to you first. What's your prediction for this game? How does it How does it end up? Uh, Green Bay wins the game handily. I think Green Bay wins probably like 35 to like 
13. I think they allow a touchdown and maybe a couple of field goals. I just don't think Detroit's offense is that good. I don't think that they have the blocking to stave off this pass rush. I think Green Bay is really hitting their stride at the right time. They had some stumbles in the middle of the year. Um, they are, but they're rolling right now. They had a lot of road games earlier in the season, which I really love. I hate when Green Bay plays at home to start the year because everyone's because everyone's like, yeah, great, we're getting home games. I I don't like that. I love Green Bay playing on the road to start the season because that means in December they're playing they're playing at home. They get to play Carolina at home. Are they at home or are they at Carolina? That's in, that's in Green Bay. That's in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that you're going to get Teddy Two Gloves in Green Bay. And I understand that he's play, he played in Minnesota or whatever, but he played in a dome in Minnesota. So I'm excited to see Green Bay get these home games down the end, down the stretch of the season, really roll into the playoffs. If, like you said, if uh, New Orleans slips at all, that's that's all it takes. Green Bay it has control has control of their destiny to get into the playoffs and to win their division. So they need to take care of their business, and whatever else happens will happen. Well, you talk about the New Orleans; they still got to play Kansas City. So that game, that's going to be a big one for as far as playoff seeding. And, and it's, I, I agree, I want, I, I love having all these home games now. It lets the team acclimate a bit more to playing in Lambeau in December. Because, they, because I mean, Aaron Rodgers has talked how many years now about wanting home field in the playoffs, wanting them to come through Lambeau, not having to travel, having all these teams come up and play in the cold in Green Bay. This is the could this could be the year to do it. If if KC takes care of New Orleans, Green Bay wins out. We're the one seed. We got it. Everything comes through Green Bay in the cold. The team will be used to it playing so many home games now late. And with the way the weather's gone, snow hasn't started till late in December, January in Green Bay anyway in recent years. That could make things even more fun when you get to the playoff run, having to see teams like Arizona or the L.A. Rams or New Orleans come up and play in Green Bay. That's going to be a big thing. Like, I personally think Green Bay wins this game easily as well. I think I would say more like a like a 31-10 to 10 type game as well. I think uh, Detroit, like you said, they don't have the motivation. Uh, I don't think Daryl Bevel's the right guy for them. I, Stafford might be on his way out after this year. Galladay talked probably on his way out. This team's going into a rebuild again, so I, th- I think I think they're going to get punched in the mouth early, and I think Green Bay will take care of it pretty easily. What do you think, Tyler? I, I think so as well. I mean, I, I from a score standpoint, I think that Green Bay wins this game something like thirty-seven to sixteen. I think that they they've shown they're not afraid to take it to teams and really kind of put their stamp on the wins. You know, Gates talked about the killer instinct. I don't just I don't agree with them as much as to say is that I don't think that they don't have it. I think that they do have it. I mean, you don't call a 50-yard bomb <laughs> one yard from your own end zone unless you have a killer instinct. And it's especially, not that I think they don't have it. It's I think that I, I want them to flex it more. And the same thing goes for Kansas City. I like I think that the best, the best teams really flex their muscle and really let everybody know, yeah, no, I'm, we're better than you and we're going to make you – we're going to let you know about it. And I, would, I just would like to see Green Bay use it more. It's not that I don't think they don't have it. It's, I just want to see it more frequently is more what I was getting at. Yeah, I, I I see where you're coming from, I guess, with that. But uh, I just think that this team is just rolling on all cylinders right now. I think that the the attitude for the team is great. They're, they're playing well fundamentally. The defense is finally starting to come into its own. It's getting its swagger back. Uh, and we saw what this team did last year with a subpar offense, an offense that was learning how to be a good offense and a good defense. We saw what they did last year. So the sky, uh, the sky really is the limit for this Packers team right now uh, as they continue to gel into uh, into December and January. And I'm personally really, really hoping for a playoff snow game because I love playoff games. I love snow games, period, but making a snow playoff game, that's just, that's just one of the best times to watch football. All right, we've been talking for way too long. Why don't you sign us out? So as we sign things out, uh, I guess, Gage and Tyler, where can people find you? What are you guys working on? Well, hopefully on Packers Twitter you're seeing us. <laughs> I feel like we've been all over the place, but uh, you can find us. Uh, you can find me at Dynasty Nerds uh, writing about my quarterback sit starts uh, every week, uh, and then you can find Gage and I running the Game on Fantasy uh, section. I guess you could call it over at the Game on Wisconsin site, where we have two podcasts a week. We have two live streams a week. Uh, we have rankings that come out every week. Um, Man, I don't know where else to go. I, I I feel like there's more or something that I'm missing. Oh, you can find me on the Friday Night Light stream with the Madden Simulation. We didn't have it this week. Uh, my partner is ill, so we just didn't do it this week. But we'll be back next week uh, with the preview for the Panthers game. So that'll be a lot of fun uh, as uh, we get to do pa- Packers and Panthers. But, uh, yeah, no, you can find me all over the place. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at Tyler underscore Grez. 
Uh, yeah, just like Tyler, uh, I'm over there helping him uh, make the game on fantasy section look respectable. He's doing all the hard work. I'm just the talent. That's all I'm here for. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at GBridge for NFL. You can find my work at Rotoball or Dynasty Nerds. Uh, Denver Stiffs, which that's Denver Nuggets coverage for those of you that watch basketball. That's getting ready to pick up. Um, still doing uh, the Pack a Day podcast, doing the Game on Fantasy podcast twice a week, doing two live streams a week. Tyler, Tyler's we're keeping busy over there. And uh, as soon as it, as soon as the postseason hits and the off season really kicks in, uh, I know that we're going to be working on some draft coverage over there and working on, and doing stuff like that. So just stay tuned. All of my stuff's going to be on my Twitter, just like Tyler, uh, just like Tyler's and one more. That's at G Bridgeford NFL on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Mike Lemon. It's all one word. Uh, I'm not doing much outside of Packers. I'm outside of the podcast here, but I am doing play-by-play for high school sports in Wisconsin for Zaleski Sports. So you can go to ZaleskiSports.com and, and find my work there. I've been doing three, four, up to five, even six games a week every now and then with basketball season underway now. Uh, and being able to cover teams, especially during this year where a lot of parents can't make games. So check us, uh, check me out there. I'm doing play-by-play a lot for that. And, of course, check us out the Pack-A-Day podcast. We're here every day. Uh, we have so many great colleagues that have been working with us. Obviously, also check the YouTube page that Andy's been up, uh, doing daily. That's That's been really, really cool as well. So find us wherever podcasts can be found, whether it's iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, Google Play. We're all there as well. Find us on Twitter at Packaday Podcast. And enjoy the game, everyone. So for Gage Bridgeford and Tyler Grizzigork, this is Mike Wendland saying so long for now, everyone. Enjoy the Packers and Lions, 325 Central Time. That game will kick off. So everyone, stay safe, stay warm, always carry the G, and go Pack Go. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.